your source for Southern Miss Golden Eagle Athletics, the Eagle Fever Podcast. Welcome to the Eagle Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Stagner, and this is the inaugural episode. So today we're going to get into the previous football season and the current men's basketball season. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. So football, the lifeblood of Southern Miss athletics. The reason people know who Southern Miss is, is football. And last season is a reason that people forget who Southern Miss is. Three and seven, three head coaches, just a dumpster fire of a season. We saw Jay Hobson resign after the first game, an opening loss to South Alabama. Then we see the offensive coordinator, Scotty Walding, be hired and become the youngest FBS head coach. He goes one and three. He gets hired away at Austin P, who starts their season in the spring. Then we hire the defensive coordinator as an interim coach, Tim Billings. He goes two and three, and now here we are replacing the entire staff with head coach Will Hall's team. We'll get into that later. But first, we're going to cover some positives, which there weren't many, but we're going to cover them. Right now, Frank Gore Jr., 708 rushing yards, six yards per carry, three total touchdowns, not as many touchdowns as you'd like to see from him, even though he is a true freshman. He's just wasn't the go-to guy in the in the goal line situations. He wasn't. We had uh, Kendrick Perkins, who's a boulder of a human being. He was the primary option inside the five-yard line just because of his big body and his strength. Frank Gore hadn't – he came fresh out of high school. He's a true freshman. But he showed a lot of flashes, showed a lot of vision, showed the ability to break some tackles. He's just got to put on that extra weight, which I think he will in this new weight program. And I think he will become the option in the goal line situations. And those scoring numbers will improve. Those carries are definitely going to improve as he kind of didn't get many to start the season. But I'm expecting big things from Frank Gore Jr. Next was the JUCO transfer wide receiver Jason Brownlee, who also started off slow. He was in the shadow behind Tim Jones. Tim Jones then gets hurt. Jason Brownlee continues a slow start, but then he takes it up to a very high level. He ended up with 34 catches, 610 yards, five touchdowns on the season, had several big games. Very, very key that he's returning because he is the clear standout receiver on this team, and I'm looking for him to be the catalyst of the passing game. I really am. I'm, I'm thinking he can do big things. He was just getting started towards the end of the season where he's really picking it up, and I think if he can pick up where he left off, then the Golden Eagles will be in great shape, at least at their number one receiver position. Um, the negatives. I mean, where can I start? Uh, the defense, porous. I mean, gave up the big play far too many times. I mean, it seems like every time I looked up, it's 40, 50, 60-yard plays just galloping down the sidelines it's just you can't have those types of mental lapses and expect to be a decent defense you can't 
and it showed. Um, the offense wasn't without their woes either. They had 16 turnovers in 10 games, about a one and a half turnovers a game, which just shows a lack of uh, care for the football. It does. And you've got to be able to protect the football and know that if you don't protect it, you're going to lose football games. I mean, it's that simple. Because uh, it's not like they were scoring. That's another negative. 25 points per game. In this current landscape of college football, 25 points per game is not going to get you any wins. When teams are casually dropping 30, 40 points a game, it it's just like insane to think that you're going to be a good football team with 25 points per game. And that's where new coach and new staff should and will, I think, improve this team. Uh, there's, uh, there's seemingly not a complete uh, – how, how do I put this? Not a complete lack of talent on this roster. We've got several linemen returning. Uh, our two best – skill position players returning. The only question is quarterback, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. First, we want to touch on Will Hall, our new head football coach. He has been a head coach two times in his career at West Alabama and West Georgia. Uh, The only stats I could find on West Alabama was in 2013, where his team averaged 50 points per game and over 500 yards of offense. That is insane. 50, that's double what the Eagles averaged this year. Granted, D2 college, but you would think that at least some of that offensive uh, scheme can transfer over. Then he goes on to West Georgia, three years at West Georgia. 400 yards, 31 points per game is first. 422 yards, 36 points per game is second. Then it drops to 366 yards and 30 points per game. But that's on 300 less plays in the previous two seasons. 300 less plays. So that just shows that the defense he had put together was giving him good field position. You're not having to go as far. You're still scoring around the same amount of points, 31 this first year, 30 his last year, right? You're still scoring. You're still putting up points. You're efficient. That's what you want to see in an offense is efficiency. And – He continues to go and make improvements as an offensive coordinator at ULL, which was after this stop. He averaged 400 yards of total offense and 28 points per game, which is a touchdown improvement, just added another touchdown, which still not – you want to see that three at the front of the number and the points per game right now. 28's getting pretty close. 25, definitely not good enough. 28, we're getting there. But a touchdown improvement – in his season at ULL. Then he went on to be associate head coach at Memphis. And then the last two years, he's been the offensive coordinator at Tulane. And he improved their offense from 26 points per game to 34 points per game in one season. That kind of impact cannot be understated. While he just shows up, bam, touchdown. Uh, it's, It's hoping... If we can get that same result here, 25 to 32 points per game next season, it would be par for the course for Will Hall in improving his 
team's points total. Um, and I'm really excited about what that staff can do as far as utilizing the talent that we have and utilizing new talent that's coming in specifically at the quarterback position. So we're going to talk about some new new arrivals. Um, I'm most, most excited about Ty Keyes, uh, the quarterback that was committed to Tulane, flipped to Southern Miss. He had offers from or Auburn, Oregon, Nebraska, MSU, Ole Miss. He had a bunch of offers. Uh, he had 155 touchdowns compared to 25 interceptions in his four-year starting high school career, a 6-to-1 ratio, which is a great ratio to see. I mean, you prefer a 6-to-0 ratio, but, you know, people make mistakes. All quarterbacks throw interceptions. It happens. But seeing 25 over a four-year period is pretty special. Um, he also has a career 67% completion rating through all four years, which is very nice. Uh, I think Jack Abraham hovered around 70%, but, I mean, he also wasn't throwing it uh, more than 15 yards. So it's easy to dink and dunk and keep those numbers up. But I've seen a lot of film on Tykees. He's throwing the ball downfield and getting his players opportunities to make some big plays. So 67% is a very nice completion ratio. He also averaged 500 rushing yards a season on nine yards per carry. So that tells me, I mean, I saw, I mean, I've seen him run and make plays, but it tells me that he's consistent at making those plays. It tells me that he can get outside the pocket, use his legs, gain some yards, and be a threat to run with the football, which is huge in this day in college football when you've got to have as many athletes as you possibly can on the field in order to give yourself a genuine opportunity to win football games. And seeing that he has that ability is a very nice thing as you know coupled with the 67 percent completion percentage he takes care of the football you just really excited about Ty Keys. now he's going to be pushed by a transfer from Louisville T Webb he a uh, little bit less of a completion percentage 59 percent so nah, it's a little bit lower a four to one touchdown interception ratio but he only started two years because he was too busy backing up Trevor Lawrence, the uh, surefire number one pick in this upcoming NFL draft. Uh, T is more of a pro-style quarterback, doesn't really get outside the pocket, but he's got a big arm. That's that's something that I've noticed in his film is he's got a big arm. He can make a deep ball throw. It's not, uh, you know, every now and then he'll get a pretty one. It's not like he's, you know, the dime dropper from – 25 yards plus but he can get it there and that's something that it encourages you you know you want to see a big arm you want to be able to have that option to throw it 30 40 yards downfield if you got a guy open you want to be able to have that threat um, and I really like that arm talent of his and if it can be honed uh, he's got you know he's got a lot of potential I'm really excited to see him and Keys go at it along with Trey Lowe for that quarterback race Another new recruit that we've got this year is Xavier Franks, a 6'2", 200-so-pound wide receiver. He, I really like how he plays the game. He's physical. He's not afraid to hit somebody. He's not afraid to go up and attack the ball with defenders on him or without defenders on him. He's going to the ball. I really like that. He seems to have a nose for that. Um, he has some ability in open space, which – 
I love, I'm all about trying to get your playmakers, the football, in space. Let them do the work for you. You see that? Uh, that is the wave right now, if you will. That is what you need to be doing this this era of college football is getting your playmakers the ball in space and allowing them to do their thing. And he's got a little bit of that ability. He's not the fastest guy I've ever seen. He's not the quickest guy I've ever seen, but he's tough. He's got a little bit of ability in the space, and he is not afraid to hit somebody. He's broken several tackles I've seen on film. Um, really, really like his game. And I'm hoping that he can kind of find ways to contribute early since uh, we've got some players departing early, which most notably is Tim Jones. So that leads me to who's coming back, who's leaving from this past season um, as far as players that could have returned and did not or could have played last year but opted out due to coronavirus concerns and the NCAA giving everybody a free year. So first, Tim Jones is leaving. Unfortunate, he's going to try to go to the NFL. Don't blame him. Hope he's got good advice. He's a great talent, but I would have loved to have him on this team selfishly. That's just me, selfishly. Um, another person leaving, Kendrick Perkins. He's leaving, which is why I'm hoping that uh, Frank Gore Jr. can get in the weight room and really kind of strengthen himself up and be available to be that choice in the goal line situation. Um, another person leaving, which I was kind of shocked to see, is Tate Watley. He is heading out. The clear favorite for quarterback for me going into this offseason is leaving. He's apparently had some concussion issues still lingering. And this is, you know, in January, and he was last playing in November. So pretty sad to see. I hope he is better and uh, is does well in his whatever career choice he has. I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do in a new offense this year, but I get it. Health comes first. Football is a game. I get it. Makes sense. Now, with that being said, we do have two key anchors of the defense from two years ago, Rakeem Booth, Jock Turner, both returning after taking this season off. Um, Rakeem Booth seemed to have been taking it off just because of injuries and getting a free year. Jock Turner seemingly wanted to join the transfer portal and find somewhere else to play. And Will Hall has brought them both back into the fold, and they can help that front seven immensely, which in turn helps. Um, a couple of uh, transfers are coming in from Ole Miss uh, in the secondary that hopefully should bring some competition, some talent into that. But having Booth and Turner returning – is big news. Very, very happy about that. All right, let's get to the quarterback race. Uh, with Tate leaving, it seems like the race is Trello, Tykes, and T-Webb. Um, as much as I raved on Tykes, I think the favorite's going to be Trello just because of experience. But with an entirely new coaching staff coming in, it's going to be tight. And Whatever, whoever's the most talented could and should win out and get this starting job. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ty Keys. Uh, we've seen Trey Lowe. He's a little bit smaller than Ty, uh, but he does make plays with his legs. His, uh, his decision-making has been questionable, but he does have some talent. I wouldn't put it past the coaching staff to have him as the front runner coming in, but 
like I said, I would not be surprised to see Ty Keys win the job. Um, he's a great passer, uh, a great athlete, just as much of a running threat as Trey Lowe. And it just seems like he's got the momentum to win the job. So I think the coaching staff's favorites can be Trey Lowe early on, but I think the Ty Keys will in ultimately win this job. We'll talk more about football next week, and we'll see what this team is looking like for the next season. All right, let's talk some Golden Eagle basketball. Uh, Southern Miss is 7-8 and eight this season with a 3-5 and five record in Conference USA under head coach Jay Ladner. This team is a team of two extremes, an extremely good defense, ranking 39th out of 347 teams in D1, uh, allowing 63 Point seven points per game, and then ranking 300th in scoring offense with 65.5 points per game. So great defense, atrocious offense, and we'll get into that in just a second. We're going to talk about the uh, the roster here, see who's who's playing, who's doing well for this team. Uh, it's led by Tyler Stevenson, a junior forward. He's got about 14 points, seven and a half boards, and an assist a game. Ladavius Drain has 10.3 points, five boards, one and a half assists. Jerome Pierre is averaging 11 points, four and a half boards, one and a half assists. And Tay Hardy is averaging 10 and a half points, two boards, three and a half assists. And then we've got newcomers uh, DeAndre Pinckney and Justin Johnson averaging six and a half and three points, uh, respectively. They've actually come on well last couple of games and what I want to do now is kind of go over the uh, UTSA game from Saturday I wasn't able to watch the Friday game because uh, it was not streaming but I was able to watch the Saturday game so I did so I took some notes both of these games ended up being losses both six point losses uh, the first game on Friday 64 to 70 the Eagles fell and this last game 72 to 78 on Saturday just based on the stats and looking at them, uh, the, the Eagles got the line well. They had 26 free throw attempts, made 20 of them. Uh, like seeing uh, the team get to the line, especially early on this year, they had struggles making them. They're making their free throws right now. Um, this was a 76% clip, which is which is fine. Uh, they out got to line. Uh, they got to line more than uh, UTSA by almost 10 shots, and that was good to see. Um, another thing that I think just kind of throws me off about this team is the lack of field goal attempts we have. Uh, to this game, 49 attempts, although we finished 47% of them, which is a solid, solid number. I love seeing that. There's 49 attempts of them. Uh just math would say 20 shot, 20 more shots for Texas San Antonio. They had 69, 20 more shots for them. And almost all 20 of them were a three point shot. Um, 16 of 49 shots for Southern Miss was a three point shot. And when I look at these statistics of the Eagles and I see that in conference, they're shooting 38% from three but taking 13 a game, it, it, it doesn't really connect with me. 
this this kind of the basketball has evolved to be a jump shooting game. And while I am all about the the idea that the closer you are to the basket, the better the shot it is, which I totally believe it is. Math says that if you're shooting the ball well from three, it's worth more than a mid-range jumper, which I see the Golden Eagles take a lot. I actually saw them force up about seven or eight mid-range shots where they just pulled up with a defender in their face with time on the play clock, the shot clock, excuse me, just chucking it up. And it's it's not really what I imagine this team and its talent doing. Uh, there seems to be a great amount of talent on this team that just does not jive with how this offense is run. You see that uh, Tyler Stevenson, 5 of 9, 55% from the field. Uh, he's pretty good. We got to get the ball to him down low. Makes sense. He's not a jump shooter. Ladavius Drain had a great night from three, five of ten from three point land, five of ten. That's great. That's what you need to see from him. But you need to see other people shooting it more. Sharon Pierre and Archer Konachuk, two shots from three between them. They're both shooting uh, over thirty-six percent. Jaron's shooting over forty percent. You got to have them taking more three pointers. You got to. This team works very hard to manufacture the best shot. And oftentimes, I feel that this team needs to take more shots. Uh, there's a lot of open opportunities. We need you know quicker plays that can get us open for three. Um, noticeably, this, this team seems to be stagnant more often than not, where there's not off-ball movement there's not off-ball screens and cutting to the basket and just creating um creating shots either on the outside or at the rim and it's frustrating to see how efficient this team is and not see them trying to try to take it up a notch uh as far as pace goes um i would like to see jerome pierre shoot it more than eight times in a game I'd like to see Tyler Stevenson get more than nine shots, even if they're not three-pointers. He doesn't shoot three-pointers. I don't want him to shoot three-pointers, but I would like to see him get more attempts at the rim. Um, getting your good players more opportunities to score is something that makes a lot of sense. And seeing this team scoring 72 points on almost, 40, almost 50% field goal percentage is a great thing. But I feel like that the tempo could be increased. I feel like our players could have more of a impact if they are getting more opportunities. You see Ladavius Drain going 5 of 10 from 3. He needs to be shooting 10 threes every game. He shoots 41% from three-point land. 41% on 5.5 attempts a game. He needs to have 10 shots a game. If he does his average, there's 12 points. Easy peasy right there. And it can be quick. Quick pin down screen screens. Him coming off, catching, and shooting. These things can happen quick. But this team, for whatever reason, wants to just sit it around the perimeter, throw it in to the post, and stand there. Which I see that it 
does work efficiently. They're shooting. They're averaging forty shots a game on fifty percent, almost fifty percent from two, shooting forty six point three percent field goal total. But a lot of that increase is from the three point percentage, thirty eight point three percent from three. This team needs to be shooting more threes. This team needs to be giving more opportunities to their scorers, and I think it would increase the ceiling of this team immensely. I mean, they're seven and eight shooting it less than 50 times a game, and they're making shots at a very high clip, but they're not getting enough of them. They're just getting outscored because they're not getting enough shots up. The UTSA makes four more shots total than the Golden Eagles, so their percentage is down. But just math, with uh, double the three-pointers made, you know, it's going to come back to bite you. As you can see, six-point loss. Uh, it just seems like this team could could increase the pace. It could um, keep doing what they're doing on the defensive end, staying aggressive, and create a lot more opportunities in transition. They could create more opportunities to just get quick shots up in the half court. And I think that would improve this team. Um, immensely because it's not like they're you know turning the ball over too much they had a lot of careless turnovers in this game they turned it over 13 times um, and they're not really averaging too bad of a turnover 13 turnovers I mean it's expected it's a a new team but I just you got to push the pace you got to give yourself more of a chance to get the ball in your playmakers hands and let them do what they can do Tyler Stevenson can average more than 13 points per game. Uh, Jerron and um, Tay Hardy can average more than three assists per game. Uh, it's it's crazy to not want to up that pace, get some ball movement going, get some offensive off-ball movement going, and um, and do it. So that's my rant on the Eagles basketball team. Um, what I like to see at the end was that urgency that I talked about on the offensive end. Um, but you got to have it all the time. Um, you got to have it all the time. And I hope that they can see how well they played in transition, see how well they play in a quicker pace and utilize these talents that they have in a just amped up manner. Because I can't say that it's inefficient. It's very efficient, and I'm impressed with the efficiency. But getting more, uh, getting more shots for your your better players is what needs to be happening for this team. Um, so, anyways, that's what I got for basketball. We'll uh, we'll look forward to the uh, Louisiana Tech game this weekend, and uh, we'll talk about more about the basketball team then. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I enjoyed doing it. This is my first episode uh, of a podcast that I've actually done and done some research for. and uh, So I'm just testing the waters. Um, anyways, I appreciate everybody listening and I hope to see you guys back next week uh, for the second episode. So this has been the Eagle Fever Podcast. I've been your host, Josh Jogner, and I'll see you next time. Southern Miss to the top.